0: you gave me one
1: There. No Boundaries by Adam Lambert is something I did not know about. Had never heard prior to about 20 minutes ago. Gorgeous song. Added it to my Spotify playlist just right away. If you don't have Spotify Premium or otherwise, they have a duo where you can use two people can use the premium account at a lower combination price. It's something to think about going into the holidays. I. <clears throat> Did not realize that I could just go to to Amazon or somewhere and buy a one hundred dollar year long subscription to Spotify for ninety nine ninety nine for a hundred dollars, as opposed to paying eleven or twelve dollars a month, which is then a hundred and thirty or forty dollars depending on where you are on tax. I could save like a you know a bunch of money by by buying a yearly uh, prepaid card for the subscription and you load it into your account and that takes care of the annual fee as opposed to paying a monthly fee it's lower to buy the whole year i didn't know that until i was looking gift cards because i thought i know people who've asked me about spotify but they don't want to get it for themselves so jump into it if you have a different streaming service and of course i'm on everything right whether you listen to this on audible or amazon music pandora google Podcasts, itunes Stitcher, yeah, there's podcast addicts, and verbal, and I hate, I, <laughs> I hate radio, well, it could be called I hate radio, <laughs> because you're streaming it, it's I Heart radio, my apologies to the folks there, they actually have yearly awards, which I probably will not get one now, but uh, <laughs> I hate radio, <laughs> coming soon to a streaming uh, application near you. I, um, I'll <laughs> include that in the description of this episode. I hate radio. But, uh, I, I had a big time adding the Adam Lambert song to my Spotify because the premium is, is a wonderful supplement to my. Where I work is, is quiet. There's a level of ambiance or, or just. It doesn't have the congestion and though it's labor intensive it there is not the immense sort of sensory does it see if you follow me here it doesn't have the sensory pressure that most jobs have where there are a lot of people a lot of uh, smaller spaces or there's phones ringing and these you know different places you have to be and everything is it's very tedious in terms of your work ethic, but there is a certain amount of independence because it's overnight. It doesn't have the same problems with traffic. It doesn't have the same... Working out in the elements is a big part of it. It's a, I mean, we're, we're working in several hundred thousand square feet and there's not a lot of us, so it's a gorgeous um, way to... Almost like you have this. It's enclosed, but it's almost like you have this certain area of free reign and freedom. If you need to take a walk, take a walk. You know, I I am not a, a very. I'm a very vigilant, supervising presence. But it's. Do you need anything? All right, man. Especially when it's the last night of the week. You need a drink! And I mean from the soda pop machine. You guys want something? It's on me. You got my phone number, you got my radio, I'll be wherever. You can hear the equipment I'm on, beeping or otherwise, right? So, it's a very lively kind of atmosphere. And I love having music to go along with it. Especially when I can customize the music. So if you're thinking about trying to do something for somebody who listens to a lot of music loves podcasts or has a certain familiarity with technology cuz i wouldn't just get spotify from from my dad it just, just it wouldn't now that i'm saying that i'm not so sure i wouldn't get spotify i'm trying to think whether he can get it in the car cuz i know it's different when you have that um Like XM Radio or whatever. If he has a smart car, I get him Spotify. But then he has to have Wi-Fi or a monthly internet subscription in his car, doesn't he? I might look into that. I've not heard too much about Spotify being something to, to buy someone who's out on the road if you don't already have something like a Tesla that is equipped because there's the other fees and technology already ever present. I think Spotify something to get for someone like that. Hmm. But you could always use your phone data and play it through the radio. For uh, my dad despises social media. He will never ever have any you'll never see him anywhere, right? Could I get him Spotify? It could happen, folks. I appreciate you listening. It is a peaceful Friday morning. This is part of my. <laughs> my <laughs> this is part of my half a year that I get off of work. I. The more I think about it, the more I just love that. It, it it's it does it separates the optimists from those who are not. Do the do the math. You know, you may look at my schedule, and, and my schedule ranges from going into work Sunday night, go in Sunday night, get off Monday morning, and Monday night, get off Tuesday morning, and Tuesday night, get off Wednesday morning, and Wednesday night, get off Thursday morning. In the boxes on a calendar that you would have, you know, on your desk or otherwise, it says I am scheduled Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, right? I'm on there for five days. Now, I only work four shifts, some of it's overtime, right? Because it's 40 ish hours, 40 plus hours. I don't work more than four days. I don't go into work and, and clock out of work more than four times. Four times in, four times out. So it's it's technically I work Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Okay. But when you if you break it and look at it in terms of, hey, you work how many hours on a Monday? I work eight to five. All right. Eight to five is nine hours. Eight to 12 is four, 12 to five is five, four and five is nine. You work a nine hour Monday. Maybe you got lunch, whatever. But there's 24 hours in a Monday. So you have 15 hours off. And now what are you doing with that time? Well, I gotta get sleep, I gotta travel, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. But you have time, okay? And between Monday and Tuesday, you don't have a day off. Now, why do I don't, am I gonna say you don't have a day off? Because it's not 24 hours. From Monday afternoon at 5 p.m. to Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. is only 15 hours. And you get off work at 5, you got to be back at 8. It's 15 hours. I got to drive home. I got to eat and sleep and shower and whatever your responsibilities may be. Kids need to be somewhere. You have classes, commitments, your shows, whatever it is. It's 15 hours in between. Okay. Here's where I get half a year off. If I get off of work as I do on Thursday morning around six a m it's now about eight thirty on Friday morning so i I get off six a m Thursday morning. I'm off till Friday morning at six a m Saturday morning at six a m Sunday morning at six a m Wait a minute that's Thursday to Friday is a day. Friday to Saturday is a day. Saturday to Sunday is a day. That is 72 hours. It is three days. 72 hours. I don't go back until Sunday night at 7 p.m. Wait a minute. You only cover till Sunday at 6 a.m. That's right. One day, two day, three days, plus 13 more hours till I go back to work. 13 more. Okay. How many hours in a day? 24. Thirteen more until I go back to work is more than half a day. One, two, three days off plus half is 3.5 uninterrupted time off. Three and a half days. How many days are in a week? Seven? That's right. And three and a half is what percentage of seven? Uh, It's half. It's 50%. That's right. Before vacation, before sick time, before any closures, emergencies, I am off half the year. Now, if you want to look at it in terms of calendar days and go, Michael, no, that's not right. You're only off two days times 52 is 104. Well, you can look at it like that. What do you think I'm doing with my time? What's my energy level sound like? At 8 a.m. on Friday morning, you're like, well, it, it, it's Friday morning, Michael. You're probably full of caffeine and coffee. And I work overnight, folks. I've been up most of the evening watching season 10 and now into 11 of Law & Order from NBC. That's the third incarnation of the show, right? It, it, for those of you who are big Law & Order fans, and you've, you're not aware of this. Some people are and some people are not. The original show is Homicide Life on the Streets. That was on ABC. That's the original startup. Same, all the same characters and everything. That's why when they go back to Baltimore, that's what they're talking about. It's that's the original Law and Order. And from ABC's Homicide Life on the Streets was the no holds barred world of The Wire on HBO, which then NBC, you know, Dick Wolf has had, you know, Law and Order, SVU, criminal intent, trial by jury, conviction. I'm going to miss, there's like two or three other shows that have to do with this organized crime. I think there's some more. So, I enjoy just leaving stuff like that on while I'm relaxing throughout the night. And it's, it's, I'll fall asleep at random times. I have an ergonomic chair. put my feet up on this velvet stool that uh, I have. It's on rollers underneath my desk so I can roll forward and backward and the stool is with me. Uh, put the, I, what I do is I lay a blanket across my legs pick my legs up a little bit so that it pushes the blanket because the blanket is longer than my legs as you push the blanket it falls underneath your feet and then you're kind of tucked in and it falls asleep like that and it's so great and i sat here with a uh, how many left five one two three four five six okay there's still seven out of a box of donuts that has had twelve uh, yesterday before uh, now, and uh, there's a little bit of a pizza left that I I made, and so I I do I get off. <laughs> it's like cheat day, you know. <laughs> have a pizza. I have some some kind of if it's uh, some donuts or I love the when they have apple turnovers or whatever else because I shop at Foodline or Lowe's. And if you're buying stuff either off the uh, closed, closed, close, if you're the things that expire imminently that they're going to get rid of, if you're buying stuff off of those racks, there are plenty of options and you always can mix it up. You never know what it's going to be on Wednesday going into Thursday. Or I may go out on a morning like now and you just, you know, snatch you some stuff up and treat yourself while keeping extra dollars in your pocket. And you may go, I work really hard. I'm gonna go out and buy me that ten dollars Starbucks drink that I really love. And I, why? What's wrong with you? Just buy a milkshake from Cookout or, or McFlurry. A couple of bucks. It's the same thing. Just get a frosty. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> There's a lot of things that show that the caffeine that's in energy drinks and, and beyond is, is significantly stronger than something like an espresso or whatever. And people think that they go to Starbucks and they're, or wherever your coffee shop is and they're going to order this drink that has these basically you know, like liquid adrenaline things in them for them. And they're wrong. They're just absolutely wrong about the breakdown of what it does for you and, and how it compares to many of the other products that are significantly cheaper. Well, you can't drink, you shouldn't drink energy drinks all the time, but you can have one every so often. There's no requirement for you to start drinking one of these, you know, monsters or amps or anything else and guzzle it to the bottom, consuming every drop of the can. It's still significantly cheaper to buy a $2.50 energy drink and have a quarter of it than it is to buy a 5 to $12 coffee. I mean, you're just foolish any other way. I don't know. It's so crazy. I have, you know, a, a list of things to go over on the episode today. But I, I quite enjoyed when I ran across that Adam Lambert song. And I was thinking about how it does, it just feels so odd. I was looking at the economy and other jobs that are posted, you know, locally. Because I have so much different... Diversity would be a good word. I have such different realms of the spectrum on my resume. I'm kind of always curious what's out there roaming around, and um, I'm really happy. I mean, I I probably have a weekly dilemma of, well, I get paid very very well, and da, da da da. Except, you know, Michael, you're this wild optimist. You're always seeing like, why aren't we improving that? And there's I'd probably fuck that. I would not want to work in a store with more than, like, three of... If there was a staff of a couple of hundred people, I would not want to work in any place that had more like, two or three people like me. You couldn't do it. It would, it would just exhaust everybody. And I don't mean their tolerance of, of my BS or something like that. I just, I think that my... Methodology that my sensory is is a sense of perception, I guess you might say, is so comprehensive in a lot of different ways. And I look around and I see, God, look at that, and that, and that, and that. And I could just make lists all day, but then I wouldn't get around to doing any of it. And I mean, if I had a team of me, yeah, yeah I'd be all right, we're done with that. What's next? And you can't work like that because it would just wear everybody out. I'm not built like the the average person like most people want to be able to. What's a good way of saying that they they come to work to 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 work to get away but like they the I believe and in my my personal experience most of the mindsets that I have seen around me are that people can serve and they reserve is a good word. A a tremendous amount of their energy, their resources, their tolerance, their way of looking at the world is to promote their off-work time, their personal time, to have this upper echelon, this higher priority for any energy they could have over work. So, here is... Jim and Jane and Paul and Linda, whoever. And they have to get to a soccer game, they gotta do this. So you don't you don't wanna wear yourself out before you get to the game, you know. Meanwhile, could you say your work suffers because of it? That's not how they look at it. Their version of it is that while they have a job and responsibilities that they are paid for it is part of their overall responsibilities to to family to their life outside of work to reserve to set aside a certain amount of time and energy and so forth call you know people hide it under that work-life balance so that when they're not Quote unquote, killing themselves at work. It's rationalized or justified in their mind. They don't need to try as hard because they got other things to do once they get done. And they're, you know. I never knew that kind of lifestyle. You know, I went to work with my father every day in the summer when I was out of school, when I was off school for a holiday or otherwise, he took us to work with him. Been to work a lot with my mom and otherwise. Never seen her hold back. If her health kept her resources, like a governor on her resources, if if it restricted her in some way, then she didn't have it to give. But I've, I've always seen the people around me, whether it's my grandfather who was farming or working for the post office when he was driving a truck and he was a lieutenant in the war or otherwise, Never seen anyone, especially my brother, who's a different breed. They just turn the faucet on full blast, and at the end of their work shift, they turn it off, and whatever's left in the tank is what they take home. And someone could call that really, really foolish, but the reality of it is it opens up so many other doors because of the appreciation that people around them can see their dedication to their craft, to their professionalism, to their work ethic. And at home, they have a different level of respect from the people who see that they are tirelessly indulging and just throwing that last bit of fuel into providing and making themselves a, a better head of household or a better example that they are someone who can hang their hat and, and be very, very proud of, of the day's work that they put in. And as time goes on, certain aspects of professional life balance out Effort like that. Inevitably, people who work hard and end up rewarded because of the efficiency or the nature of, of really good work end up in more fortunate positions, whether that's a leadership position, whether it's because they're accommodated and compensated in some way. So I'd be, He's been working hard forever, and this is what we did. We, we've given him a set schedule. We've made it a little more comfortable here. We've given him tenure. We've given him an extra week off, right, because the longer you're with a company, you acquire a second week off of work, a third week off of work. Some, some companies do four. Some do more as time goes on. There's other options in terms of health and benefits and so forth. Some of those doors are open financially, but you are able to do those things financially when you, are, when you work hard and you provide more, you, you earn more. Now, the first part of this episode was me talking about fractions and saying, here's you know, 24 hours here, and this is, this is not a day off, but to me, this is a day off. And it's optimism versus negativity is what it is. If you don't believe in the system... Which a lot of people don't. They work because work they have to. They're not proud of work. They wouldn't work if they didn't have to. Jeff Jarrett was quoted years ago. I think it's a 1997 documentary. You can watch this on A&E. It's, about, it's like behind the curtain or whatever for professional wrestling. Jeff Jarrett says, To those who believe, no explanation is needed. And to those who don't believe, no explanation will do. I find that to be the situation of so many different aspects of the world that we live in. If I said to you, working hard will... Being passionate about your interests and the ways that you spend your energy will lead to... It will. It'll lead to your, your skills being more refined. You'll be exposed to more things. You have a higher sense of comfort. You have a completely different kind of mindset when it comes to what you are able to, I want to say bow your shoulders up, but you can certainly stand up straight about so many different things As time goes on, when you involve yourself in projects, you immerse yourself in hard work, and you comprehend the skill sets. You put them into practice. You have this kind of notion where everything that you can possibly add into your base of knowledge is beneficial not only to you but to your children to the people around you to anyone that you might be able to serve that's one of the most fundamental things that you can do for yourself the people around you and otherwise is to be able to to serve because it's such a difficult I don't know that it's not a permanent barrier for for most people who look at it, and you can think of it like, well, they're taking away the time that I could be spending with my, my family, or you know, getting in an RV and riding around the country like Thelma and Louise or whatever it is. How do you think roads get built? How do you think supplies get from one place to the other and life goes on? It's not because everybody's transient. Everybody's some vagabond just roaming around. Some people have to set up a foundation, a structure, a society and otherwise for us to be able to maintain a system. You can't just be on vacation all the time so to speak. If you work out the math and you work four days and you're off three and a half days you could have more time some people work a four day work week there are people who work a three day work week a lot of people who are in for instance the healthcare field work three 12 hour days I have guys who work in in my line of, of industrial work who work I was trying to I believe that aircraft technicians I've heard have some of the, some similar math going on with their jobs, depending on what company you work for. But the way that it is set up in, because some of my guys work two jobs, he said he works three days of 12 hours, but they pay you for 40. So you go in and you work six to six, and you get paid for three days of 12-hour work. That's 36 hours, but you get paid for 40. The only catch to that is, Sometimes they have mandatory overtime, which then means that you have to get up to 40 hours before you start getting any more money. From 37, 38, 39, and 40. Those are free hours. And then you go back to getting paid again. But this time, it's time and a half. It's overtime and and beyond. It's not a bad gig because it's not required most of the year obviously companies don't design this program because it's to their uh fault it's one of those things that long term the, the math works out whether you look at it in terms of the loyalty of the people who work for them or if you're looking at it in terms of yes there's a strict part of the year where they need like hyper production and so they can call upon those people to to pay back their debt. And it's it's I'm thinking in the back of my head here is this scene in the what is that? is that nineteen seventy one, the old Francis Ford Coppola. And you got uh Vito Corleone there at his daughter's wedding, and he says I may call upon you one day for some service. <laughs> that, that, that day they may never come, but he he's telling the, I believe the Undertaker is the guy who's actually in his office, and he's talking about how the it's something that happened to his daughter, and he wants justice. And the Godfather says, you know, the the whole opening speech of that. Movie trilogies, it's it, I love it, I love it, and now in the back of my mind, I've got Teddy Long. You go one on one with the Undertaker. <laughs> just having I mean, so many things overlap, and it's one of the reasons that I I just enjoy having exposure to so many different elements of of pop culture, of different trades, of different. Skills, so many things that I find ironic and humorous. And they almost like a spider web. They tie into other things, and it keeps me uh, laughing, smiling, happy all the time. I was looking for the the quote that I used to use um, from Martin Luther King about serving and I had it written in I actually had this on a piece of paper I'd printed out but then I laminated it and put it in my um, server's book or checkbook so when you're, you're, you're dining with me at one of the fine establishments that I worked at you might be in my section, and I would come over, you know, when it's time for the bill, and time to say our goodbyes, etc., etc., and I would leave the book on the table. Now, it's got a copy of your receipt, and then I may or may not have handwritten something in there, and this laminated piece says that we would love your feedback yeah you know, i also, i left one of our uh, compliment or you know it's actually between employees but i always left one of them in my book in case somebody wanted to write one to me or to somebody else to leave feedback some people wrote some really nice stuff i still have those but laminated above it uh what in in the side of the book was this martin Luther king quote and the the long version of it is He talks about how everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. I only use the top of that. Anybody, Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. But uh, I always love that, and it's, it's one of those things where you either want to participate or you don't want to participate. It's not a big deal, but it's important to me to be able to convey a message like that so that people have the opportunity to embrace it or to disregard it, but once you've seen it, you can't plead ignorance, so it's a subject he talked about a lot, and there's other great Martin Luther King quotes, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great, because greatness is determined by service, right, so it is one of those things where the harder you work and the more that you are in service to others, your servitude, whether it's faith-based or not, it means so much to you, to your children, to otherwise, whether you're a role model, whether you're making extra dollars because you're going to do something special for any occasion, to randomly be able to provide some kind of surprise for people. Those are important aspects of life, because if everything is that kind of regulated or, let's say, mundane kind of, I'm going to go to work here, I'm not going to try too hard here, et cetera, et cetera, then (laughs) where are you ever pushing your limits or testing or growing or anything? You can't ever really make these extraordinary strides without paying it forward. And discipline is important. I'm not saying you should never hold back or you shouldn't have some rigor of evaluation. You shouldn't hold people to a higher standard. That was one of the subjects... I have written here to go into after the break, but for me, when you start having that mindset of "Okay, I got this many hours free. What could I really do with that time?" I know what I do with my time. Right, I, I eliminate steps so that I free up precious seconds. Come home from work, everything's sweaty, it's dirty, it's all right, and we throw it right in the laundry and when i say in laundry i throw it right in the machine then i don't have to put it in a hamper i don't have to transport it from one place to another it's in one place once it's washed i move it to the dryer fold it take it back where it belongs i've eliminated all those extra steps i don't have to buy a hamper i don't have to transport it anywhere i have to go to the machine eventually anyway right so just take it off and throw it right in the machine Now, you may look at it and go, well, wait a minute, Michael, I have to separate towels and blankets and this and this. No, you don't. These complex chemical companies, Procter & Gamble or whoever you might be, DuPont or whoever you might be buying your products from, you can throw everything in there together and detergent, pods, whatever you might be using, powder, it'll clean all that stuff up as one. You don't have to worry about that. If you are worried about it, you got the wrong mindset. If you do, it's it's inefficient. It can be cleaned up. But I really want to focus on this. Well, you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're not focusing on the thing that can give you the most opportunity, that can provide the most slack and breathing room, so forth for you. You're worried about you know whether the proverbial uh, your handcuffs are on too tight, not the bigger picture so it's I'm talking about freedom you're talking about comfort those are two different things so I am going to take a break because it's been a little while here and uh, I'm going to listen to that Adam Lambert song again and I'll be back with you in just a few moments and Doug what do all these people
0: have in common exactly Nothing. They're completely different people. That's why they need customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual. They'll only pay for what they need. Yes, and they could save a ton. You've done it again, Limu. <laughs> only pay for what you need.
2: Liberty, liberty, liberty,
3: liberty. The mouth-watering Big Mac with a savory Filio Fish and a tasty McChicken.
0: My goodness, that looks good.
3: You're making a McDonald's menu hack. Yes, a land, air, and sea. Oh, it's gonna tip over. No, it's good, it's good. Very stable. Order the land, air, and sea by name, build it by hand, and hack the McDonald's
0: menu. I'm surprised at how attracted I am to it. Bottom da The ba season is the reason we go big time. It's jaw-dropping. Heart-stopping, record-breaking, history-making, this is Big Time.
2: What a sight to behold.
0: This is WWE Crown Jewel.
1: Folks, that is the big show, WWE Crown Jewel. I believe that's just next weekend. Depending on when you're listening to this, it'll be the first weekend in November. It's always a big-time production. They fly everybody over to Saudi Arabia and put together these fabulous video packages and beyond. And thank you to um, my friend of, of almost a quarter century now. John's always got the little perks that make things a little more enjoyable. So we were watching, because it's on Peacock, um, I have a couple of 40-inch televisions in my office, and they're nothing special. I don't even think they're 4K or anything, but we were watching uh, the last WWE show, and he was telling me that he was really enjoying the video package they were playing before the match. And I said, "Well, I'm not seeing any video package." He said, "Because I don't pay for the, the ultra premium or whatever." Peacock has a couple of different pricing uh, options. Well, I've got the premium, but I don't. I guess I don't have the ad free premium or whatever the next you know ultimate level is. He said, "Well, I just have an ad blocker on my internet browser, so I don't see the ads. I see the video." before the match, the big music video. And I said, how do you know about this ad blocker? So he sent it to me, and I, I installed it. We both use I uh, think Mozilla. makes a very fine internet browser called Firefox that um, I would highly recommend to, to anybody. I've used it uh, more than anything else, I believe. and I know that most people are geared toward a... It seems like a, a synchronized browser because they have an Android and they use Chrome. If they have the Apple technology and they use <clears throat> the Safari or otherwise... Okay. Firefox was always something that was a little different. It's customizable, and my brother also recommended it to me a very long time ago, so I've always kind of gone back to it. Though... um I've used the Microsoft Edge browser for the longest time because I respect their technology. My son is a big Xbox player. He does all the modern synchronization. So most modern games, if you if you have a loved one or otherwise, um, children and so forth, boyfriends, maybe for yourself. When you're playing on Xbox... Most of the newer gaming titles have this crossover option where you can also play them on the p c and saves your progress simultaneously and you know I guess it's a different experience depending on what your um i guess preferences what what do you like to do with your gaming Some people are very you know i'm just gonna sit down and i'm gonna play this game and that's my afternoon and some folks they they really get into online multiplayer you know you're doing battle with other folks and that's a whole different atmosphere back in the day we didn't have all these fancy options of you know muting other people and you could have now with xbox and especially with all the different technology in your home you can be talking to pretty much anybody there's skype and all sorts of other applications you can have running on your Xbox, and you can be talking to people through those avenues while you're playing a game. Right? The other players on the game might be exchanging information. Something like it's tactical Call of Duty or something. You might want to be talking to your teammates so they can coordinate an online strategy and offense, a you know, victory campaign with you. But a lot of people just block everything out. They play their own music. They mute the game, they're talking to someone in some other fashion, and they're not concentrated. And imagine you're driving and you're texting and driving, or you're driving while you're on the phone with somebody is riskier than just 100% concentrating on driving. Oh, whatever excuses you could make, if you were an Olympic athlete and you're out there, you're doing the biathlon, you're doing archery. And you could be having a conversation while you're shooting the targets, or you could only be shooting the targets. Which people do you think are more accurate? You know, it's not complicated to know that putting 100% of your resources in one direction is obviously more effective. You're not ever going to catch some guy who's sitting there with one hand dribbling, and he picks the ball up. his palm, and he turns it over with one hand. He's, He's shooting it with one hand. Why? Because he's texting while he's shooting free throws. It's a ridiculous thing. If you can concentrate on one avenue in front of you and complete that being distinctually concentrated, then you're going to have a higher Not only probability, but a higher quality of outcome overall because of the dedication and the discipline. And a lot of folks that, you know, they're talking while the teacher's talking, whatever it might be, you know what I'm referring to, they are missing part of what's going on. Hmm, could I stand there and look at this beautiful sunset and enjoy it more with just the sunset? Or would it be just as good if I was swatting flies at the same time? Oh, you know, not that complicated. But uh, thank you to the to the folks over at Endeavor, who are you know the WWE and the UFC. They're all merged together, one big company now. It's going to be one big event. They're in Riyadh. I was remarking how they should should ironically use uh, the 2008 Guns N' Roses track Riyadh and the Bedouins as one of their feature songs. However, Guns N' Roses tend to be a little more controversial. I know when they put out Chinese Democracy, it was almost immediately banned in China. (laughs) It talks of the oppression that goes on in the far east the falun gong which is the testament is the, is the the book that the many of the Buddhists follow and so yeah there's there's a difference of opinion about free speech and considering all ideas and whether it's harmful to it's one of the things i like about watching the old 90s law and order episodes So many of the things that they are debating on the shows as to whether or not they should allow them they should prosecute them is this a priority you know how how much of um an opportunity should you give someone to be completely offensive or to do things that could completely inspire or incite people or otherwise create this trend that we will irreversibly now have as part of the fabric of our society. They didn't think a whole lot about renewing the Brady Bill back in the day, the assault weapons ban. And they've never really picked up renewing the conversation, despite the, I think there's an ongoing situation in the northeast in Maine. that Someone's walking around with you know, an assault rifle, and you know. Well, but people should be able to buy these guns because, really, and they should be able to drive stock cars on the highway. Drive a tank around? Well, yeah. I mean, if you can. This is America. We don't believe in restricting. You don't? Because we're only open certain hours and we have loitering and trespassing and dress codes and health care. And if you go into a restaurant and your score isn't high enough for the inspector, then they shut you down. It's not all about freedom of you being able to do anything you want to do. Can you smoke indoors? No. <laughs> right. I would say that folks like that could use a good colonoscopy there. Otherwise, you know, you you give me a good reason to own an assault rifle, and I'll show you somebody who's full of it. Understand where you live, the atmosphere of diplomacy, knowing what it's like to be able to get along with people that are otherwise. There are, a well, it's the overwhelming majority of the world's population that does not own any kind of firearm. It's not even close. To get into these wild conversations about, you know, what's, free versus what's productive you know we don't want to be like them oh well the air is cleaner and the life expectancy is longer so yeah but we can offend each other more you don't have to get along you don't have to have discipline sacrifice class is that what you're trying to tell me you don't know how to get along with people you don't know how to be classy you don't have any forms of diplomacy. I, mean, I, I understood that from the beginning. I, sometimes you just you talk to people so that you can hear them say it. Next to me is the um, they call it the read technique for interrogations because I I was watching these video channels on YouTube and I've got where I, It's just sometimes fascinating just watch different interactions where if it's a sit-down interview, Diane Sawyer used to do the things, right? And then you have uh, the Sunday night has has NBC Dateline or somebody will do a meet-the-press interview. or You know, in modern times, people like to watch Joe Rogan. I like to watch Club Random or, or listen to it with Bill Maher. Different folks who have these conversations. There's the shock value in watching these wildly... Exaggerated pieces of television like Jerry Springer or Mari Povich, you know. I can remember back in the day, right? Because it was Sally Jesse and Ricky Lake and Donahue and Geraldo and whatever. <laughs> You're not the father, no. You know, and it's fun to to sit there and sort of what if, but but it ain't, you know. Here's these people on Dr. Phil. Wouldn't you rather those people didn't exist? Look at these doctors. They're curing cancer. Wouldn't you rather cancer didn't exist? But, hmm, hmm. Now, if you're arguing for means of population control, then, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of different sides to that. Maybe you're really big on astrology, and you're like, no cancer, but I'm a cancer. Not that kind of cancer. Or are you that kind of cancer? Um, Metaphorically or otherwise. The read interrogation technique. I just thought I would read some of these steps because I thought to myself, you know, if you are trying to get along with people that you work with, that that you're trying to have... That's why I brought diplomacy. This world that you're able to cognitively to... Intellectually, either tolerate or maybe even agree, and do productive things with people. It's wonderful to know when people are being malicious or when they're being untruthful. And there's different methods to to try to read body language, or you know. But the detective Williams, I was watching. Is it called Be There With Us? Mm. I'm not going to remember, but I watched several different things where people were being like interrogated for crimes, like the kind of, you know, I don't know. My wife just went missing. She went jogging, and then she didn't come home. <laughs> yeah, where's she at? We know because everybody knows now. Uh, it's not like the old days. <laughs> now we've got everything's recorded. It's just it's it's ridiculous that anybody commits those kinds of crimes anymore. Well the social aid and everything else that goes on in the world, every avenue to make money there is that people still steal steal S T I L L that they steal steal or thieve or rob things from other people. So much opportunity out there. The read technique, let me, where's my, where are my spectacles? I I have various pairs of these 3.0 enhanced glasses. I do not have prescription glasses or anything, but you put these 3.0 glasses on, especially with the blue blocker or the polarized lenses. If you're going to be in front of a monitor, you work remotely or otherwise for a long time, I highly recommend them, Uh, as well as putting on like the orange setting or the nighttime setting, and it makes it much more, um, not only tolerable, but your longevity is, is increased. And though I don't encourage you to have any more screen time than you have to, if if that's what you're doing for work, it's a good way to uh, feel a, a lot healthier and not have as many headaches and so forth. So with my glasses, the Reed technique for interrogations, and they have, I went to their website, they have a, a whole product line of um, so many different things about how to approach situations, how to resolve either conflict or untruthfulness or otherwise. It's it's an interesting group, but not much of it's free. Uh, what I found is, is a copy of their nine steps from different defense attorneys' websites because they're trying to tell you, you, you have a right to remain silent. And here's why you better remain silent because this technique works. I said, I said, well, I need to read that on the podcast. So, the narrator from the video referenced the read technique. So, so I'll I'll go through all nine of them because he he was only saying like this is step two, and then he would skip to step seven, and it wasn't ever explained. Maybe somebody has a video on this, but it, it's interesting if you're trying to get some information. You have children, you want them to come clean, uh, a spouse, a, you know, friend, whatever it might be. Step one is the positive confrontation. You tell them something to, in the nature of, um, in a positive way. You're going to tell someone, "Hey, I have the results of an investigation. The results of it clearly indicate that you are the person." All right? See what they say back to that. Just propose to them, "Hey, it's it's already resolved. Get on board." Step two is, because you you only escalate these steps if the the previous one does not have success. Step two is theme development, uh, which is to the intention of placing the blame uh, on a person or a set of circumstances, but away from whomever the person is. Maybe somebody's done you wrong, cheated on you, whatever it is. They're going to blame everything around them. And you want to determine why they did it, not if they did it. Step three is handling the denials that they'll make. Many people will attempt to speak uh, their denials as truth, but uh, typically uh, truthful sub- suspects will uh, refuse to talk. And just They'll let you do your investigation and that'll be the end of it. They don't have to do all this explaining step four is to overcome objections and see if the subject has an objection to your truth your evidence whatever you might have found out then you need to be able to at least combat those things so that you have neutralized the playing field so if they object to their allegations, then uh, you almost are required to explain to them what would happen if not only is what you're saying correct, but their objection is false. So it, it's digging them an even deeper degree of being wrong. You know, it's, it's they're up in the the stakes now because not only do you know they've they've got you know blood on their hands, so to speak. But when they continue to add depth and add layers to the lie, then, of course, at the end, you look at it and you go, oh, man, they've only made this harder. You're supposed to work smarter, not harder. Number five is procurement and retention of the suspect's attention. So if they're focusing on something like punishment, then you want to make sure that you are establishing a correlation between what you're doing and what that punishment will be. It's almost like you are validating their fears to maintain their attention. They get distracted by something. Yes, what you're saying is absolutely true, but you want to retain their attention and pull it back into focus. And part of four, when you overcome their rejections, is also sort of overcoming their, their misconceptions or anything that, that they have inaccuracies about. Six is handling the suspect's passive mood. If they appear defeated and upset um, and they've not come clean all the way, then you, you need to be able to reinvigorate them to be able to take someone who's defeated, who's just completely exhausted, and intensify what's going on. But you want to do that by making crisp communications with them. Someone who's already worn out is not able to do these long-winded back and forths. So you want to take it and turn it into sound bites. Now, seven says present. you're presenting them with an alternative question, right? So the way this is written, investigators offer two incriminating choices based on an assumption of guilt. One of those questions is that you can, or the ways that you pose the question is to be able to consist of a way to justify whatever they're, in the middle of, with a good or a bad reason. You cheated on me. You stole this. You did that. What's a good reason you did it? Or what's a bad reason you did it? What's the you know maybe the right reason that you you could justifiably do it, and then obviously a malicious reason. Eight is having the suspect orally relate various details of the offense. You're getting them to tell their story. You want to to hear them essentially admit guilt. Um, and you want to be able to reinforce anything that they're telling you. But open-ended questions are the, the best thing that you can do to get details out of people. And there's no substitute for open-ended questions. And uh, number nine is, the way they have it written, is for criminal investigation, is to be able to convert an oral uh, confession to a written confession. Um, that's really perverted. I was just thinking of how you could have a great experience from something that is uh, in the real world and turned into something written for somebody else's fantasy. Uh, the investigator must use a third party to witness this confession and translate it into a written one. Yes. So, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a, a witness to anything. If you're in the middle of something uh, professionally, obviously, there's always a third person in the room, whether it's a manager having to discipline someone, having a, a second person, or if it's a situation where you have two parents who need to be able to work with a child on something, that is always best when you can do it as a family as opposed to you know one person doing all of the coordination and, and being the good guy and the bad guy. You don't want that at all. Now, the other things that I have on my list here um, come from different interactions I've had over over the last month. And uh, it's just interesting. And to go along with what I was just talking about, the the technique of of being able to talk to people to get answers out of people. (laughs) Someone told me recently, they said... Because we we were exchanging kind of where are you at in the world and, and what are you being able to do with your opportunity to, to get some results out of chasing dreams at work, out of being able to date someone and, and have a relationship, et cetera. So, you know, what are your goals for these things? What are, what are your Indicators? Do you have red flags and, and green flags and what behavior, you know, what, what are your symptoms that you look for? Or what are your things that you would reward if you're seeing the right kind of pattern in another person or in a trend toward being successful professionally? And the person said back to me, they said, you know, I don't share those things. I don't share boundaries. I don't... <laughs> And I said, what? And I, I, this is where I tend to forget that time exists and go into business for myself when it comes to, hey, you don't share boundaries. Now let's explore like 48 different scenarios and metaphors and we'll make some different analogies as to why the boundaries are essential into any situation. and expressed boundaries, there is no substitute for. Unwritten rules, invisible boundaries, punishments that pop up out of nowhere. That's right, I love running around in circles, and every now and then, an invisible rake is sitting there, and I go, oh, right in my face! I don't share my boundaries. Really? Well, how will anyone ever know if they're doing something that could be good or bad? How do they know if they're trespassing? How do they know if they're offending you or anything else? I'm not in any way, not to some reckless degree, am I saying that you need to be able to have a human resources guide to every individual around you. But it'd be good to know if someone said, you know, such and such happened and and I am adopted. I am sensitive to the light. I have whatever an allergy might be or otherwise. Now, can we break down the definitions and say, well, Michael... It's very different for you to be allergic to something versus someone saying, Here is, right? That's a possible medical or otherwise repercussion. Because if you have peanuts and you're allergic, you have anaphylactic shock or some kind of natural, you know, nature's penalty that goes along with it. And there's a difference between having an allergy and someone saying, You know what? I really don't like people who have a tendency to twirl their hair while they're talking. Oh, okay. But I don't tell people what I like and what I don't like because I want to know whether they naturally do those things or don't do <laughs> that. You know, this is the one of the worst possible things I've ever heard for how to approach a possible relationship, whether it's working or personal or intimate or otherwise. To not tell people what you prefer, what you like, what you... Now, Now, think about this. The explanation given to me was that if you share, then people might customize what they're doing to what you like, and that's not who they really are. And so, I don't want people to just do what I like. And I thought, well, number one, that sounds silly as hell, Right, for a number of reasons, and one of them being compromise. I may not like to go to a ballet or something. I'm going to choose watching Lethal Weapon for time number six hundred and ninety-five over going to see the Nutcracker for the holidays. Now, why would I choose to see the Nutcracker? What would compel me to be there? Your friendship, your company, and a romantic dinner and night and quality time with someone that is we're enjoying it as a group and we go along to get along and you get along to go along whatever so is that wrong well could you only ride around with people who organically all crave the same food at the same time or do you pick a restaurant based on consensus we live in a country of democracy where majority rules it is It is ridiculous, ridiculous to think that there is some, you know, magical universe where, no, no, there's these, these conditions exist where everything that I prefer will coincidentally, randomly come across in another person. And we just won't have any disagreements that we'll never feel the need to compromise. We don't have to talk about boundaries Because if it's right, it's right. And if they do something that would cross my boundary, well, I just don't speak to them anymore. I thought, well, this is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Obviously, you don't believe in probationary periods. You know, North Carolina, where I live, is a right-to-work state. And so it's completely different when it comes to being able to terminate people and cut hours and so forth. Now... Other places are, are much more protected. Now, I want you to take that and overlay it with what I'm saying about you know, relationships or not having to compromise, not having to talk with people, because what it creates is this intolerance. And one of the things that I said to the person was, I said, this, that is a different, a completely different level of ego right there. That you think that you are just this magical person. I mean, you know, I've I've been called certain things. People have, have called me the, the big N or the narcissist or whatever. And they've, you know, oh, you speak about yourself or you do this or you do that. And I thought, yeah, I do talk about myself because that's what I know the most about. I'm the, I'm the most informed person on the subject. Of course. Am I an advocate for me? Of course. I want my best interest and longevity and live my best life and all that stuff. Well, I mean, you have a very high opinion. Listen, there are ministers of loneliness who have been appointed in different parts of the world over countries, over territories. Why? Because of the isolation that goes on throughout the modern earth that we live on between technology and COVID and a combination of factors where people continue to distance themselves. It's... (laughs) it's wild to me that you have these, like, super celebrities and people who are, you know, I'm me. I'm invincible. And they sing songs about it. And, you know, it used to be that it was, you know, straight out of Compton. And, you know, these guys were were bragging based on whatever they did. When Tupac got out of jail, there was a new record coming, right? Because he was going to let people have it. And then there was real violence and all kinds, right? because th- those are the kinds of things that people thought about where they've been, the story they live, the pride that they have. And people, it was way more wars and conflicts. And now it's a little different because people wait and they take advantage and they use all these other tactics that, that go on. And one of the tactics that some of the folks in the world will use to have conflict with each other, not to go to war, but is to call people by certain monikers and try to come up with these names and, oh, oh, yeah, well, I don't want anybody being somebody that they're not. Let me tell you something. If I knew I had to start waking up at a different hour because I had a better job in front of me, I would change my schedule. If there was more money in a promotion but the responsibilities changed and you might have to move you might have to be a person who has a different eye for things you might not be available on saturdays anymore people make adjustments that's how life works that's how everything works to me it's much bigger than when you say well i don't share boundaries all that says to me is it's a form of saying i don't believe in compromise Number one, I don't share these things, right? So that's information that I'm not going to provide somebody else. And secondly, that you think people should be, you know, a la carte or or organic or whatever as they are, and they can't kind of still be themselves or they aren't being truthful and genuine with you. If they hear, oh, you know, I don't like people who chew with their mouth open. So, uh, I was going to go out with Larry for lunch and have a foot long, but if we go over to Subway and order number six, which my guys, said, this is a way of plugging Subway and my guys, but they always tell me I have to get number six. You have to get the boss, because you're the boss. And I'm like, okay, I'll try the boss. It's a great sandwich. So anyway, if you're not going to go see Larry and enjoy lunch, because... Larry chews with his mouth open. And you prefer not to be around people who chew with their mouth open. Why not talk to him about it? Maybe he doesn't want to do it. Maybe he's not even aware that he does it. You might be helping him improve his life. I genuinely mean that. Certain things that you can be doing for other folks that you may think, well, they are bending over backwards to do something and you don't want somebody to be inconvenienced. Well, think about it in other terms. Do you think you're a great person? Okay. Does that make you a narcissist? I don't think so. Would it do both of you some good if if they compromised and they did maybe a little more of the things that you like and and you understood them and shared your boundaries and now you've been able to show that you can build a structure and work with each other. Oh, isn't that interesting? Or you could just hope and, and pray that you, you know, roll the dice, you know, one out of the other eight billion people on the planet and that's, a person who was meant for me. It's no wonder there's more single people than ever. That the birth rate is down, and there's you know less kids being conceived, etc., etc. These people can't understand how to talk to each other and compromise, like with the other person, just to get along as they are you know and now imagine that you're going to add the construct of marriage and, and parenting into that mix and say you know now you have to figure out rules that don't exist yet if you can't share the most basic of things which are you know are your boundaries your preferences you know who what defines who you are now How far do you think that puts you behind in terms of being able to thrive in the future? Think about that. If you're not available to go out with people, to to be able to to, to be social, you have 40-plus hours of work a week, you have commitments with family, recreational things, friends, children... Can you take on a new project? Could you add another best friend to your life? Could you, do you think you could successfully date someone else? Now, why do you believe that? They're just going to fit in, like, you know, these very specific windows of your life. Oh, I just want you to know, you know. I go to school and I'm also in this degree program. I'm getting a bachelor's. I'm getting a master's. I'm trying to get my doctorate. Okay. Getting a doctorate is a lot like being married to your work. And and, and I'm not making light of this because I think that's awesome. But at the same time, to try to, to, like, have a career and, you know, have this amazing relationship that you you may want to have and be trying to go through a program to get a PhD. That's like living three different lives at the same time. That's pretty rough. It just is. And I think it's completely admirable. I mean, you would think that would be like the most ideal person for any man or woman to try to pair up with. It's to, oh, my goodness, look at this person. They are busy. They're getting themselves into a, a position that's going to provide them with a, lay, a, a way of life and a, a respectable career of this Different kind of security for as long as they live. But at the same time, they are needing to be able to focus on those things. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I mean, you know, how successful are you going to be at doing three major things at the same time? You know what I want to do? I'm going to start three companies at the same time. Which, <laughs> what? Why don't you get one of them off the ground and then we'll look at number two? It's that complicated to think about. Well, he might be describing me. I'm. I mean, I'm going to school and I'm, or I'm doing this and then I've got another project or I'm. I'm here, but I'm trying to take care of a loved one. I have, you know, a parent that's like this, a situation with a friend, a child. Well. I can say this. If if you could get your foot in the door and get a person who's, you know, a good fit or has amazing chemistry with you sort of... You get that seed planted at the most inconvenient or lowest probability of of chance going on. If you could get it started in less than ideal times, then when your schedule frees up, perhaps your relationship will skyrocket. It'll take off, and you will have. You know, everything you could ever want to have. Oh, I tried to start this business during the pandemic. and But now that the economy is opening up, right. And so it's one of those things where, you, you know, I wouldn't tell you to fake it until you can make it. But I certainly would think that in terms of being able to have a thriving chemistry with other people, whether it's a loved one or, you know, if you're trying to formulate new friends, if you're moving somewhere and you're trying to integrate into your new surroundings that if you can do it under an immense pressure with not a lot of resources or with not a lot of time it does allow you to see where you might be able to concentrate and what your priorities really are what you're really you're going to drop as time goes on now, if you're in an educational program, uh, I would never recommend dropping the educational program to pursue the other part Well, he's got money, and if we put our money together, then I don't really have to finish school and and get this degree and have that career, and that's ridiculousness for a number of reasons. But my key focus on that is going to be that you are not becoming the best individual person that you could be. You're sacrificing it for the Whatever the other situation might be, you you might leave your career to go take care of, you know, your father, your mother, whatever, because of health reasons. That's a little different than what I'm talking about. So if if you are, for a social relationship, if you're willing to just scrap part of your, what's on your dream board, your vision for yourself, and throw it out the window and go, well, I'm not going to be lonely. I'm going to have this person, and we're going to have a thriving relationship, so... If he makes this much and I make this much, our budget will be this much. And, well, what do I need to do that for? There's part of that that I would most certainly entertain as a reasonable alternative. My question is still going to be to you, why are you not attempting to complete whatever that process is? If it's a chase and a dream, if it's being the best at whatever it is, if it's furthering your education. Why not be able to do that? With twice as many resources and this person to support you and understand you and so forth, it should be that much easier for you to, to accomplish your goals. Right? If they're really that good of a fit for you. It should help you do the more difficult things. It shouldn't make it more um, strenuous or create Further barriers for you to be able to achieve, and ought know, to actually uh, widen the door, or you know, push you right on through it, uh, because you're doing it as a team. It's support and love, and this different kind of encouragement that you didn't have before. So instead of struggling on your own, you're that much closer to what I started out. the Podcast I was talking about. The serenity um, and that's important it, it is for someone to be able to bring you a little bit of peace and balance and so forth does require a, a great deal of especially in the face of obstacles it requires a great deal of communication I'll tell you what I'm not going to do I'm not going to share my goals with you I'm not going to share my boundaries I'm not going to share my availability you just ask me if I'm available and then uh, I'll tell you yes or no But, as I was talking about with the read technique, if you ask open-ended questions, when you have a person who's willing to engage and invest, when you have a reasonable person, you're going to find common ground together, as opposed to trying to stumble across it in the dark. We'll take a break, and we will be right back.
2: (laughs) Coke with coffee. We blended Coke with
0: rich coffee for one very good reason. Your afternoon pick-me-up routine
3: needed it. Simple as that. Coke with coffee. Michael Lewis say about his latest subject, crypto-crasher Sam Bankman-Fried, that if you gave Bankman-Fried a choice of living in a $39 million penthouse in the Bahamas without the Internet or the Metropolitan Detention Center in Brooklyn with the Internet, there's no question in my mind he'd take the jail. (laughs) I say we finally start seriously looking at what phones are doing to people's brains. (laughs) Wow. And, and not just phones, there has been a perfect storm of events in recent years that has led the Surgeon General of the United States to issue an advisory that America is suffering from a public health crisis of loneliness, isolation, and lack of connection. Uh, what Matt Gates calls another day at work. <laughs> And this is not just in America. Japan and the UK have actually appointed a cabinet-level position for Minister for Loneliness. Because the studies and the data from around the world show that the health consequences of so many people feeling so isolated are staggering, skyrocketing rates of stroke, heart disease, premature death. It's just become too easy to isolate now. We've got our phones and our gadgets to distract from having an actual conversation. Amazon to deliver instead of going to a store, Grubhub instead of going to a restaurant, movies streaming on TV instead of going to a theater. And even when we do go out, the earbuds stay in. <laughs> we can't even do casual chit-chat anymore. Remember when you'd roll through the checkout line with a six-pack and a box of condoms, and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. He'd have a little moment with the checker where he'd be like, somebody's having a party, (laughs) huh? But there are no high fives at the (laughs) self-checkout. We've traded going out with people we like for going on Facebook to get likes. Has anything ever been more misnamed than social media? It's done more to kill being social than the pocket protector. It should be called anti-social media. And then AI came along and made it even worse. You know, a 19-year-old from Southampton, England, recently breached the walls of Windsor Castle in an attempt to assassinate the queen because his AI chatbot girlfriend told him it would impress her? Yes, there's an AI Jodie Foster now. And the idea that your girlfriend now is just a voice in your phone just like in that movie her is no longer science fiction there's one bot chick on the market called replica and she has two million users and boy is she going to be in trouble when her boyfriends find out she's seeing two million other guys Everybody keeps saying how AI is coming for your job, and it may well be, but it's also coming for your boyfriend. (laughs) Yuval Harari asked the question about the future. What kind of relationships will there be when computers and objects understand you better than the people in your life? I don't know, but it sounds like it'll be a profitable world for the makers of (laughs) Juergens. And if the technology wasn't making the problem bad enough, we also have a media that is built on ginning up fear and hostility and convincing us no place is ever really safe. Poor Britney Spears can't even dance at her own home without a couple of (laughs) knives. We've become like that old lady from the Twilight Zone episode who hides behind closed doors because she thinks death is trying to get in but here's the irony in real life what's killing you may well be you staying inside the overreaction to the COVID pandemic may turn out to be more damaging than the disease itself the strategy of social distancing and staying home to work and staying home from school all for very long periods of time made us into different people safetyism became a political identity and now some people never want to go back to work Or school or Venezuela (laughs) too many people got used to saying no I can't make it to your birthday party not for any compelling reason just for the sake of ultimate safety well we're just now starting to tally the collateral damage from ultimate safety from long lockdowns and creating four-year-old germaphobes And they include erasing two decades of progress in math and reading school absenteeism as the new normal an all-time drug high and overdoses and murders huge increases in obesity and depression and the atrophying of social skills that lead to it you know what else went off the charts the last couple of years car crashes they couldn't figure out why you know what they came up with people's heads are just so scrambled and they're so full of pent up rage from being locked up and the kids home all the time and my stupid fucking husband, so they just got in the car and drove like a maniac and took it out on the road. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so. to quote every mother since the dawn of time, for fuck's sake, go play outside. <laughs> I know, I know. Outside is full of flashers and rusty nails and germs and sharks and stranger danger. But your mother was right. It's actually worse to stay cooped up. Magazine surveys like to ask the question, how would you like to die? My answer is anything except going unnoticed until the neighbors complain about the smell. (laughs) Twenty years ago, the show that defined the zeitgeist was called Friends. Today, it's Naked and Afraid. That is a segment
1: from a couple of weeks back on Bill Maher's Real Time from HBO. and I Always have a lot of fun listening to his New Rules, a segment there. Don't always enjoy the entirety of the show. Though, for a long time, I, I watched uh, religiously, or religulously, as I guess it would be with Bill Warner, who's an atheist and made the, made the film religulous. Um, but I had a couple of more chapters of things uh, for this episode, and yeah, that went right in line with with what I was talking about earlier—the solitude that people have. This kind of very wild. Sense of, you know, I, I used to ask the question, uh, how big is your bubble? And and then, you know, you see people are, they're only concerned about themselves. It's like, I can see the different. I suppose you would say alternatives to not being completely concerned about yourself or being you know selfish but it, it, how are you not a narcissist if that's how it is right <clears throat> and it's self-serving right to your like taking advantage of people to the full extent of the word but one of the things I thought was interesting I, I remember you know anytime somebody has said well I I know what other people have said about you or I've You know, I've looked this up or, you know, we've had, you know, if, listen, especially if it's me, if I am so important that there are discussions going on, (laughs) private forums or places where you have to have membership, uh, where you have to have membership, if it's, you know, well, my experience talking to you, listen, listen. If a lot of people who want to complain are going to the same place, if people who are looking for, you know, what they're looking for is to confirm these negative inhibitions they have, you're going to go find that, right? If you, if you want to go find evidence of why the earth is flat, you can go online, and there's plenty of people who are going to try to affirm and draw you in deeper. and I not going to try to talk you out of it. That's not what it's for. The very nature of those discussions is designed to build this camaraderie, this kinship between the, uh, the complain-ees, the complain the unhappy folks. And when they can develop this common ground, man, it makes life a lot easier for them. Oh, I don't feel so bad now that I have a negative opinion of somebody. I thought I was the only person who crossed paths with this or who watched a show and you know wanted to complain about it or otherwise. It's, it's just odd and you see that all the time with companies and reviews and news stories and there's this entirely different fabric that people have about how and why if someone tends to, to make a whole lot of sense or if someone is capable of sort of leveling them like they want to have a viewpoint of, you know what needs to happen? A guy like Michael, a guy like me, you know what Michael needs to do? Michael needs to cater more to this. He needs to be more like that. He needs to have this desirable thing that I would want as opposed to whoever he is as an individual. I wish that he would have approached a situation differently. Yeah, that's right. I got into an argument, I got sideways with somebody, with maybe with me, and this is what happened. Share, I don't care. But the reality of it is, <clears throat> I'm pretty easy to find. There's nobody having that discussion with me. It's, it's all the kind of... It's, it's just odd to me that people who have the ability to go to the horse's mouth, go around to the other end, And that's fine, but you're probably going to have a lot of, you know, excrement uh, on your hands because that's where you're at, right? There's going forward, there's having the vision, there's being in the lead, seeing what's down the road in front of you. And then there's being in the rear and... If you that's an old red fox joke, isn't it? He said something about uh you know I know what you guys can be for Halloween he'll be the horse's head and you be what you were and you know and he's telling somebody they're acting like a horse's ass that's what he's saying it's it's you know it's not a secret and I don't have any way of Delivering this uh, autonomous kind of integrity to people. If you are looking to be unhappy, the world is full of opportunity to find ways to be unhappy. To choose alcohol and drugs and welfare and so forth over sacrifice and accomplishments and hard work. It is. You know, you can... Go different places, and they'll assist you with suicide in modern times. Before, we had suicide suicide hotline, a helpline, a prevention. Now, eh, we'll help you get yourself. It's very strange. What is the old uh, George Carlin bit? He says, everybody was talking about how there's no child left behind. But it used to be a head start. It was head start programs. Now it's no child left behind. It sounds like somebody's losing ground. Because <laughs> you went from the head to nobody left behind. <laughs> Ain't that strange? He went from the, the engine, the locomotive, to the caboose, to the back. And, and it's just, you just, just, know, the old shirts. God, are those big dog? I think those were called big dog shirts back in the day. They're not a thing anymore, are they? I, I wonder if they're still around. But, you know, lead, follower, get out of the way. It used to be these kind of military and, and big dog kind of shirts. The view never changes if you're not the, the lead dog, the big dog. You know, the view never changes because you're in the back and you're always looking up the dog's butt. My Uncle Joe told me the joke. That the, the, the three moles digging through the ground. And they... They they dig up outside of a a restaurant and the first one digs up out of the ground and he can smell the, because you can see coming up out of the vent pipe when the restaurant's got the grill going, the steam is going, the smells are everywhere and the, the mole digs up out of the ground and he breaks through, the dirt's flying off and he shakes his head. You know, maybe you're picturing the gopher in Caddyshack, you know, the, goal, the first mole out of the three, he busts up out of the ground. I smell eggs. I smell eggs. And the second one, he pops up. He, whoo. Eggs, eggs. I smell bacon. I smell bacon. And the third one pops up, and he goes, I smell mole asses. Because it, never mind. So I always just, <laughs> I always appreciate the irony of, of of things, you know. Can you smell molasses? Yes. If you open a jar, you could smell molasses. That's not what I was talking about. And I don't think that folks enjoy <clears throat> my mother and I, I. You know, when people have talked to me, somebody might use a line. They might have a a fishing expedition they're going on by saying, "Oh." I'm sure that you've talked to people who are far more beautiful than me. Well, uh, the most beautiful woman in my phone is obviously my mother. So, I mean, that's, that's not up for grabs. Oh, you know, but I, that is what I say. And I've told my mother that too. and She thinks that's just adorable. But, you know, the reality of it is that you have to have uh, some precedent and some standards. And uh, now I may not say that in the presence of my daughter. I may tell her she's, she is the most beautiful person in the room or both of them you know just, you know tell them to fight it out but i don't mind flattering people i don't mind being very genuine with people but the, the problem that you run into with folks is that as you deal with people who want to be able to go online and and find these they're looking for dirt they want to get filthy. Oh, I'm gonna look this person up because I I think that uh I think I'll be able to find something on this person. I think I can break them down. They, they're not so perfect. Have fun. <laughs> they they always say misery loves company. And I I don't remember, you know, James Caan and Kathy Bates. I remember the actors, but is it is it called? Is she called misery? The character in the story that he's writing before he gets kidnapped and so forth. But the old quote, the old adage is, misery loves company. And I'll never forget this. And and Stephen don't listen. At least I don't think he does. He used to work with this guy named Stephen. Good guy. He worked in... A finance place by day, and worked at the restaurant for just extra money, and I think to meet girls by night. Stephen had had enough, and uh, this guy who was a professional uh, billiards player worked with us, and I won't I won't mention his name because he's somewhat of a local celebrity, which wouldn't make him hard to determine, but. We used to give him a hard time because he was so intense about a lot of different things. He took his job seriously, and he would tell us, you know, cut it out, guys, and focus on this and this and that and the other. And I would write notes. If you've been in a restaurant and you run out of potatoes, you know, then we we tell the waiters, the waitresses, the serving staff, 86 the potatoes, right? There's no more potatoes. 86 is, we're taking it off the menu. 86, we're cutting something out. 86 it. And I believe that comes from some group named, AB, uh, the, like, a, the 86th such-and-such such in the Army. Or, I don't really know the origin of the number 86 to be then uh, common language in the restaurant. But my man would be working with us. And I'm back there running the back. He'd come through, and he'd see us cutting up and joking and... So you guys cut it out, you know. A lot of people out there we need to be we need to be acting serious. We're like, okay, <laughs> we work in a restaurant. You not if we took life seriously, we wouldn't be here. But anyway, you know, I, I wrote on a note. I put, all right, guys, and I I wrote the note and turned it around and stuck it in the ticket line facing them. So anybody who was on my side couldn't see it especially the manager he he had left for a second he was coming back and on the note it said 86 the fun which they thought was hilarious i thought was hilarious well he wasn't the only manager working at the time there was another guy and he's a friend of mine he's got the same name as my father mr old mr fuji the old friend of the program i think he still listens so anyway um he comes to the back and he looks. He says, what's this? 86 The Fun. <laughs> we, we we had such a time with it, right? Because you can't always take these unhappy fits or these um, tantrums that people have. You can't let those just dictate the atmosphere. They can't be the law of the land, they certainly should not hold everybody back from being able to enjoy themselves, especially if it's reasonable. About a week later, Stephen, who was working with me, and he's, he just, he doesn't like that it's it's so, in, you know, almost like intense. Like, I come here to have fun, it's second job, etc., cetera, et cetera, and I don't remember what. The specific line was that what the catalyst was, but Stephen was unhappy and, and he expressed it. and He said, Look, man, he was like, Man, fuck. <laughs> he was like, Look, and he said, Look, I, I, we can't have this. You can't be talking to us like that. It shouldn't be like that. It's supposed to be fun to be working here. The only reason you're acting like that is because you're miserable and misery loves company. And you're trying to spread that around and you piss me off. And, and I was like, Well, and he left for a little while, and, and then he came back, which I, you know, I, there's certain jobs where that can happen, and it's just like, okay, they got to blow off steam, and certain jobs where that that would never uh, remain unaddressed. We'll put it that way, okay? So, Stephen comes back a little later, and I said, you know, Stephen, I think I'm feeling miserable. You you got one more of them little things in you. want you cuss me out too? And he said, Man, shut up, <laughs> he laughed. I said, Look, everybody feels how you feel, man. We just talking about you. We like, we love having you here. So um, you know, don't do anything to get yourself uh, tossed out of here. Cause you're making our day better, you know. Wait till he leaves the room, have some fun. Why if if you carry that around, if you're angry. That's in your nervous system. That's in your body. That's poison in your blood. So when he acts a certain way, when somebody has a certain that visceral, they have that negative, that toxic kind of mindset, energy, you know, aura about them, and they you allow them to infect you. That's the old Miss <laughs> <Mr>. McMahon. <laughs> He's bringing in the NWO, and Vince McMahon says, "I'm going to inject the WWF with." Uh, he's bringing the NWO in. He's gonna. He's gonna have a big, uh, big storyline. So, uh, look anyway. So when people who are toxic infect you, uh, and they s- s- run off this uh, ridiculous kind of uneasiness that they have, and it poisons you if it. If it blurs your happiness if it's ruining your mojo right you need mechanisms to bring the situation back to rational back to reasonable and so if somebody says something to me and and that was was, i think maybe it's, it's been i don't know however long it's been somebody said well i i spoke to someone else and they had a similar experience talking to you i said well let me tell you something I don't take it easy on people who act foolish. So, if as a we can be very square about this, but when people are promiscuous or they do these things that lead to, to terrible circumstances in the future, if they're unraveling the fabric of their own morality or the the environment around them, I I remind them of that. If it's a reminder, and if they didn't know, then I'm bringing it to their attention for the first time. But I don't let it go. Uh, unsaid because that's ridiculous and it's irresponsible so what you're doing here is you're just telling me that i've made people who are irresponsible now aware of it and if you want to talk to each other about how irresponsible you are or how i'm a bad guy because i said something i can't believe he would say such a thing is any of it not true Now, just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it or you have to like. But I wasn't in the same position as uh, as my man, Mister Eighty Six, the Fun. I wasn't doing it. and I don't do it, so people will be miserable. It's not designed to be that way, and I I don't like when I run across situations. Whether it it might have been from a dating profile or whatever, I don't crave. I don't ever. <laughs> I never want to see it again. I would. I never needed, never looked for, never welcomed, never enjoyed having a situation where you see that you may think, well, this person could have some good energy, they've got such and such qualities, certain things are unknown, there's a few indicators there, and then you go to speak to them, and you see there's there's not much substance, or they're pretty reckless with their... Language or their decisions. Or they, they really do have that sense of almost, like, you know, super prideful. And, and they're almost ready to fall, right? The pride before the fall. They're, they're about ready for the fall. They've got a different way of looking at life. Oh, well, yeah, just because you, I, your flaws have got nothing to do with me. Now, I can't say that clearly enough. All right. Somebody was speaking to me and I, they said, you know, men do this and this and sometimes, you know, uh, women have to be skeptical and, you know, that men behave this way and so forth, such and such. And I said, do you know why dogs don't pee in the house? Because you've made it unacceptable. You train them not to. Now, this person said to me, they said, are you, are you saying that we should train men like dogs? That's I don't know that training is the word that I use, but if you communicate that certain things are unacceptable or that you're not willing to participate under what you would consider to be undesirable terms, then you're either going to negotiate your side of things and be unhappy with a now undesirable behavior as part of your life. Or you can look at it and you can say, well, that's undesirable to me and I would rather... St- stand and and rest comfortably upon my moral ground or you can cave in and not be lonely for lack of a better right and listen so it really goes back to almost like an analogy of the stock market you you're devaluing things your your currency is low if there are five girls who are friends and there's this guy who he likes one of the girls who's got a more upstanding kind of you know she's she's hard to get she's hard to please guy has standards he, he he's got his eye on her but here comes the girl who's easy you know how this story's gonna go you can go to the path of least resistance people who buy from Amazon and, and, and do it for much cheaper and they send the money right out of their community and it's not with a, a reputable brand or anything else, right? They, they really have undone so many things about how the larger vision of trade and economics works. If you really love where you live and the, you know the brands that employ the people you love and this and that and the other, and, and I know it's not as focused and it, uh, it's not as regional as it used to be now it's it's global but if I can buy from a North Carolina company I'm going to buy from a North Carolina company keeps the money in North Carolina and employs North Carolina people it pays taxes here that you know go back and fix our roads and things at least it should if, if the companies are doing business the, the way they should be now you may not look at it that way you may think, well, I'm gonna go for the path of least resistance. Well, that's like that's sleeping with the promiscuous girl. That's sleeping with the girl who doesn't have the standards, who's gonna go, you know, she's got the extra time to gripe about you, to go look things up online, to commute you know, communicate and, and form groups of gossip and this and that and the other. Why? Because they're not focused with that energy on something that's more refined and sophisticated. That's not energy they're putting into further higher education or passion products and projects and uh, these kind of endeavors where you maybe you love to do things with your friends that are you know creating these positive memories. You're doing something with your kids. You have a an adult softball league. You go to the local hockey games. Whatever it is. Instead, you got enough free time to talk, and it's just odd like that it just is. I am almost flabbergasted when I think about how saying these things is still foreign to a lot of people. That they could hear me. That I'm speaking you know, the English language to them, which is their first language. They have a high school diploma or some other degree of higher education. And yet when you communicate these, these very thought, almost this should be thought-provoking, very provocative kind of ideas, that, hey, we could harness certain things about the way that we operate and we could be far more productive with our time. We could rigorously change the standards for one another so that, you know, you would not have an undesirable exchange with other people because you share your boundaries, because you keep higher moral standards, because you're not so sexually negotiable and otherwise. And it's not that complicated to do. I mean, it really is just a matter of making choices that have to do with uh, discipline. I mean, the world is... Uh, all online now for the most part with any given thing and so it's infinitely easier for people to be able to take the time and look it up for free to go buy a reference book or some other written form of leadership self-help relationship tips there's countless avenues whether you want to go online and utilize virtual therapy meetings camaraderie friendship you know there's there's so many different places for people to get together and share uh the things that are improving their lives here is what i've had success with here is what i'd like to to seek out i want to be around other individuals who are going to look out for my best interest with a positive connotation, with this brighter, forward-thinking, vision-based kind of mindset. The alternative to that being I'm going to go online. I'm going to talk about people. I'm going to figure out if I can, you know, be. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have a discussion about conspiracy theories. We'll talk about how we don't like this and that about the government. We'll talk about how we are unhappy with a company, with a policy in our town, with a a specific celebrity. Maybe you want to gripe about me you know, Michael, you know, um, a certain percentage of people don't like, uh, XYZ. I said to somebody, somebody said to me once, probably more than once, they said, Michael, you just like to hear yourself talk. And I said, I've never, I, I've almost perfected the formula of how I record this podcast in a way that I don't ever have to go back and listen to more than a couple of seconds to make sure that, uh. Certain things are blended together uh, where the music comes in or or at the end. I I never listen to a a full episode. I don't even listen to more than 10 seconds. And that's only for editing purposes uh, here and there. By the time, and let's say this episode runs two hours or whatever it is, do you know how much time I have invested in the episode? That plus about 25 or 30 minutes... There's enough time for the production to, to, to be put into place so that there's advertising spots, so that there's music in wherever I feel desirable, uh, and it, it gets put into the, uh, I call it into the reservoir, it gets uploaded with whatever description that I've written. That's it. I don't go back and listen to episodes. I never play them. I don't listen to voice messages that i've recorded for people i very rarely will uh ever watch a video that i've done of any kind um i was almost forced to uh and it was a fun project but i was almost forced to watch myself wrestle uh for the first time in almost 20 years a couple of weeks ago because my brother gave me a, a wonderful piece of technology that you hook it between the VCR and the, and the tower. And then I have uploaded all of my matches that I have on video. Well, I think most of my matches that I have on video to YouTube you can find them by looking up uh, savior, the S A V one O R uh, or Michael Craver. Um, I think that if you can get, if you can get one video to come up, they're all on my channel there together. So uh, I, that's one of the few times I've taken and and you know put any time to reinvest my own projects back into myself or to enjoy them recreationally. Or otherwise, I was like, you know, I was eighteen way back then. Let's 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 watch these wrestling matches now that I'm twice as old. You know, and it was it was an interesting experiment. It's not because I have some. <laughs> such an amazing opinion of the matches or anything that's the farthest thing from uh reality it just it, it doesn't happen that way and as much as I would like to be able to um validate you know as many people's uh, opinions or take and confirm their vision of the world as much as possible. I just I don't feel that way uh, when it flies, I guess you say in the face of when it conflicts with the truth. Michael, um, you know you have, you have a podcast and you talk a lot about yourself and uh, it's named for me. What do you think I'm talking about? You're going to tell you somebody else's story? I'm not a biographer. There's times when I have told various stories that involve other people here, but it's an experience from my point of view. I'm not going out there telling you what Professor X did to create the, the X Men, or, you know, here's, uh, let me tell you about this story back in World War Two and, uh, to set information up from time to time, sometimes you, there is the, the need to qualify a word or to give a backstory, as my mother would ask me to do with some of my writing. But I just... I'm taken aback by the fact that people will lower their standards when it comes to... You know, you got, like I said, you got the five friends, and was, well, this girl's our friend, and she's a woman like us, and she's, you know, she's got problems with her uh, self confidence. So, you know, she's morally negotiable, and she slept with Tim over here. Yeah, but you would have gone out with Tim because he's a nice, upstanding guy, but now he slept with her, and it devalues him and her, and you don't want him anymore. Well, you Right. So why is she still your friend? Uh, Have a conversation with both of them. Maybe up front have a conversation with both of them so it never happens to the detriment of their character so that you don't ever think less of them. There's nothing wrong with getting up front with people. There's a reason that they bring people in, have orientation, go through all these rules, have them sign off, on the handbooks and you know they spend just hours and hours and hours looking at policies and videos and clicking acceptances and acknowledgements and everything that you do now whether it's signing up for you know amazon an app whatever website you accept the terms and serve you know discretions or terms and conditions whatever they may call their barrier of entry they're legal team, or whoever might have written that, whatever liability is on the line, you are absolving them of your being naive to it. So when you go into a situation, it's all about sharing your boundaries. It's all about telling people, here's what's acceptable, here is what is not acceptable. And it's not that complicated. Hey, Sue, you're one of our friends, so these are guys... These are men. We want to develop them. We want to have great men in our community. We want to be able to marry them someday. Um, Don't do anything that's going to ruin the good name of of women uh, around here. Well, you know, she just has uh, these these inhibitions, and she's got a different nature about her. And uh, Yeah, well, it destroys the fabric of what relationships can be. So if she can locate a gentleman or if she's into women, whatever her partner is, to be loyal in that situation and then pursue that with these is with reckless abandon as I might say, then feel free to go for it in the structure or the construct of a relationship. but it doesn't make any sense for people to be uh, destroying, The very nature of what is best for their health and security in the long run. You know, we should be able to buy. What if, what if, right? What if we could have, you know, tanks and grenades and rocket launchers and nuclear bombs and chemical weapons and so forth? You know, cause
2: freedom.
1: Oh. What if you could have those things? Now you just have a greater risk all around you. You know. There's silly statistics. That's the old Bill Burr bit, is it not? He says, you know, having a, a gun in the home automatically increases the chance that you, you know, that you're gonna get shot. Well, yeah, because now there's a gun in the house I and mean, there wasn't before. <laughs> you know. But this idea that and under the same sort of principles, that if you start to be physical with people, if you begin this journey of, uh, you you go down the lines of promiscuity or of just having carefree physical relationships with people, then you have a, a big... credibility issue and what i would consider to be a very difficult character issue to face in future situations because now that there's a person who is not invested in you and you've given them the the lottery they didn't buy a ticket they're not invested but you gave them part of the reward there's no risk for them but they get part of the reward interesting right uh, it's a reward for me too. But look, the reality of it is you've now given away your credibility and part of your discipline and the structure that you had built up until this point, what you've literally done is this house of cards that is is your, is your life and you, you want to be able to find the the avenues of accomplishment, the success of a relationship, the monogamy that you can really enjoy with people, uh, to the well, to with a person, to the victory, the spoils, the reward, the happiness of commitment and uh, perhaps marriage or otherwise. Well, if you. Act in ways that conflict with that it's a lot like having things on your uh, record your job history your criminal record your background check and so as you accumulate these things that will further disqualify you from being able to have the more prestigious positions it does ruin a lot of uh, any of the traction that you have going on it, it destroys you know so many of these opportunities you could have in your life if you come into them in a way that is let's say uh, squeaky clean because when you don't do that and when you come in with uh, with dirt on your hands then you now you have to take a break and you got to wash your hands and come back and get in line and but you understand the analogy i hope that you're putting yourself farther from the finish line by tying you know this proverbial sort of like extra weight around your hands. you're taking um, a sort of shortcut with some very precious situations in life. And they are irreplaceable moments. If you take the time to to gossip about people instead of learning about people. If you feel a certain way about something. But you don't bring it to that person's attention. You don't bring it to the company's attention. You don't try to go to the source and see if there's anything that can be uh, perhaps clarified, perhaps cleaned up, perhaps you know, there's there's absolution. There's a resolution in all of that somewhere by just simply having the discussion. Okay. If you don't do that, and what you would rather do is, is decide that I'm going to talk about the subject around them. I'm going to see what I can do to, to tell people about my bad experience and discuss their reputation, and we're going to see what we can do to, to uh, more or less... Go about it from a negative mindset. Well, you're that much farther from progress. Hey, you know, um, there was a toilet overflowing in the bathroom. Did you tell the manager? Nah, man, I went home. I put pictures on Facebook. We made videos. 10,000 views. Woo! So do you, do you know if it got fixed? Or you know if the slippery floor is still back there and maybe somebody fell and hit their head? Or, nah, man, I got views. I spread the word. Did you? Yeah. To who? To the person who can fix it? Or to all the other people who, if you'd fix the problem, this wouldn't be a discussion anyway. This is where you can prevent certain things. You can talk about certain things. You can literally... Take the time to create a better world, or at least to be part of a world that's a little more perfect because your energy is concentrated on a better atmosphere. And I can tell you that gossip is not a better atmosphere. Progress is is a better atmosphere. Uh, And and progress, uh, much like the word responsibility, starts with you. I like to say. But should you to go back to the question they got asked of me, should you train men like dogs? And I said, No, you you crazy lady. You you take and you tell people around you what is acceptable. You look at folks and you tell in a very clear communicative way, what is your level of expectation and so once you've established those kinds of things are you giving them boundaries are you providing them ways to manipulate you and you you know i'm never going to see it that way oh this says no trespassing Hmm. those of you who are unaware of the third verse of this land is your land maybe you really love the woody guthrie song this land is your land this land is my land from California to New Orleans, right? The, the parts of that song that are not mainstream, uh, well, now if you go listen to Spotify, those versions are, are all over Spotify nowadays, but uh, the, the version that they sing in schools and otherwise is this kind of third verse that is not as uh, renowned. It's, it's not shared the same way. Uh, they sort of cut the song off after the, the two verses which is is their way of doing it. But as I understand it, This Land is Your Land is is it is an angry song. It was an answer to uh, Irving Berlin had written the song God Bless America, and Woody Guthrie wrote the song uh, This Land is Your Land. This land is my land, right? But the reason that the song has that title is uh, due to some of the other lyrics in the song where he talks about... Uh, there was a sign there that said no trespassing but on the other side it didn't say nothing that sign was made for you and me right it was like there's this land is your land there's no boundaries there's no well that's one of the things if you have boundaries that you don't share that's a completely different thing from freedom you can't there's no trespassing, it's not posted. Well, now I'm telling you after you done done it. Like, <laughs> wow. Is it hard to communicate the boundaries, right? I'm not telling you to fence off everything, electrify this, barbed wire that, build you know, the the Trump wall around everything. That it's not got anything to do with that. But if you as an individual have certain opinions and certain expectations, you have certain levels of excellence or some people might call it standards of excellence in your life with what you want from family from your children what they can earn in school and still live under your roof if it's going to be hey i really want this job but i need a certain work-life balance and i needed them to have a certain level of flexibility with a situation i have i take care of my mother, or I need to be off every day at 2.30 to go pick up the kids, and then I'll come back, or whatever it might be. There's negotiations that happen, but you're not just going to take off and do it and then hope they go along with it later. You're going to run it by them first, and it, there's nothing wrong with running things by people. It's the reason we have a forecast, so you have some idea of what you think it might be before you get dressed and run out into a world with this you know, mystery of a weather pattern. There's a reason we establish data and trends and algorithms and you have all these suggestions, recommendations, and other things. You know, you bought this. Well, they recommend you buy that. Well, why would I buy a protection plan? Well, because you bought a washer and dryer, and in the long run you may encounter certain things, and so we'd like to you know, give you the opportunity to extend the warranty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh, oh, I can't just call after like three years and get service? You can. You'll pay out the tail for it. Uh, so we're allowing you to know this up front. As, as sort of a precaution. You know. Oh, okay. But they're not trying to correlate it into areas that it doesn't belong. You know, I don't I don't see anybody who's trying to sell you a candy bar with a warranty, right? It is that would be silly. But when applicable, and especially in, in certain situations in, in my life and otherwise, I think that it's I have the the term written here I have what I have is recklessly dedicated i I think that you are you almost blindly or intentionally I think that's what I was going to say is intentionally blinding but you're almost willfully negligent when it comes to how unhappy you may end up. You're working against your best interest. There's a reason that we have credit and mortgages and reputations and background checks and you try to establish patterns and make commitments and so forth. Because if life had nothing to do with having some sort of contract with one another, with nature and otherwise, then we wouldn't have medicine. We wouldn't do things to try to rectify situations. We wouldn't take vitamins. We wouldn't know how to render kids and build this, you know, K through 12 education system. We just let you figure out whatever the hell you want to figure out for the first 18 years of your life. And hopefully some part of that will overlap with who you end up being. Now, you may not end up with all the things that most people consider to be essential skills, but remember, it'll be your choice. We didn't force you into these things. We didn't indoctrinate you and so forth and so on. Now, People don't agree with with that kind of a, a reckless mindset. It is an expansion of not sharing boundaries, but it's, it's foregoing expectations. It's throwing all patterns and all sorts of measurements out the window. It doesn't mean there's not consequences. Remember, if you don't share boundaries, you still will suffer consequences, but it's only after when you find out what the boundaries are. Hmm. Well, um, What if we talked about it up front? Yeah, that'd be sharing boundaries. What if we established ground rules? That'd be boundaries. So you mean if I was going to have the 4-H club and we were going to use parliamentary rules? Yes, exactly. It might be etiquette. might be part of just being a nice, common, classy guy. When I see old Edna over there humbling and walking and stumbling. And she's got a crutch, a cane, stroller, roller, hover around, whatever it might be. Whether I'm a man, a woman, or whatever. I could open the door for her. Let her in. Because I'm making a gesture toward her. I'm going to you know open your door. I'm going to politely let you perhaps sit down first. I'm going to because we've established these are things that people like. There's these sorts of standards of excellence. They're not unsaid things because we have to teach those trends to the next generation. I learned them from somebody who would have learned them from somebody else and that goes back a long ways historically. Now if we didn't share any of those things and we just hoped the next generation preserved our lineage, our traditions, etc. Wow. Wow. But what a world it would be to just get pulled over to be able to get hauled into court and otherwise and say, I didn't know the boundaries. I didn't know the general statutes. I didn't know the rules, the laws, the penalties, nothing Can we have a discussion? And they'll say, yeah, you're part of the society. These are all very prevalent pieces of information that you should have. You should know. You should be able to operate with these as a citizen. It should be part of, you know, a reasonable expectation anyway for you to be able to operate within our code of conduct with what we would consider to be lawful and unlawful actions now there's a lot of people who are still completely ignorant of that because there's so many laws and you can't keep up and they change the laws and you know i i understand part of that it's not like the, you know the irs doesn't do that to the tax agents every year and send out you know a thousand different changes it's hard to keep up with But, now I want you to imagine that the information is not available whatsoever. Even if you wanted to look it up, they would deny it to you. They would say, we're not sharing those things. We're not going to tell you what our violations. We're only going to punish you once you do violate. Uh, Wait, wait, what? Yeah, that's right. Show up to school whenever you want. But if you're late, you're late. If you show up at 9 and we tell you you're late, then you're late. I'm not going to tell you when you're supposed to show up. Not gonna tell you when school starts. I just hope you're there on time. But the, uh, what what? Doesn't make any sense. You know. It's a wild world that we live in. Should you have to train people like animals? Should you have to train men like dogs? Communicate up front what you are willing to live with and then proceed with discipline. I mean, you know, I, I love so many things about this world, and the reason I have this recklessly dedicated term down here is someone asked me about work, and I said, yeah, I said, I'm I'm pretty recklessly dedicated to what I do. I had a really good schedule, but I'm, I'm old now. I am. I'm 41 now, right? And i um, got one foot that's got a couple of different cracks in it, and the other one, I It's almost like there's this stone bruise or something going on with the heel of it. But it comes from being on my feet so much and and carrying a lot of weight on top of my body weight and and being on different kinds of floors and up and down different elements. And, And so because of the dollars involved, I think it's a good negotiation. Now... There's other people who would probably tell me, no, no, you should do something a little bit different and make a little less, but you'll be comfortable, you'll live longer, et cetera. And I say, nah. My mother says you're, she says you're poor liver because you know I and I drink a, a ton of Dr Pepper and uh, I was showing sure, her. I think the last couple of trips to the grocery store, I bought you know like nine or ten pounds of chicken. I bought uh, five or six pounds of, uh, I guess they're Boston bud steaks or or whatever, the the, the very large pieces of tenderloin. A lot of marbling, a lot of fat in those. And then I grill them, uh, put butter on top of them. So, yeah, I'm I'm sure that my body is working quite hard because of the amount of um, sodium that's in this right here. There's 12, how many servings? There's only six servings in this. Sodium-wise, it's only 2%. But total sugars, uh, 78%. Seventy eight fourteen percent of carbs. Well if I drink a two liter a day, that'd be four hundred percent of the sugar you need in a day. If I only drink one two liter. It's more than that. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I don't go way out of my way even with all the knowledge that I have to Specifically, drink water and stay off my feet and make a little less money so that I live a lot longer. It's just not how I live. But I have all the information. You know, the folks in medicine share it with us. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have some people in the family who've done medical research or who, who tell me certain things. And if they didn't um, get asked, they still share. Why? Because sharing is caring, right? <clears throat> So if you don't share your boundaries, then you don't care. That's my story. Anyway, I am um, going to go ahead and and wrap up the episode, and, and uh, I've got a couple of more things that I want to cover, perhaps before I go back to work on Sunday. We'll see. I am um, going to send you out with a a song that I also discovered this week, which was. Uh, mm, I love Spotify. Recommendations are good. And uh, I can't can't thank them enough for um, keeping me occupied at work. I'll pay them for their services, just like I buy pizza for my crew and and we compensate them with wages and vacation time and so forth. It doesn't mean that I'm any less thankful for the situation. So um, I also encourage people, as I'm wrapping up here, to be very patient with their finances or with whatever they're they're looking at doing for the holidays, as I've already started buying and or accumulating and uh, Christmas gifts and things, you gotta know. Like if you'll just look at prices, especially for the several months before Christmas, if you'll make lists out in June or July and follow pricing trends, you will see this: that Amazon and and so many of the places will. Uh, have no better prices during black november or black friday in in so many many cases those prices are no better than other times throughout the fall or the year they they have that price several different times sometimes it is the regular price and they put it up as a black friday special because people don't shop year-round and they don't know any better but if you would add those things to different wish lists or you'd screenshot them or take a picture or make you a piece of notebook paper that has, okay, here's four different gifts for my son and for my daughter and my other son and my dad and my mom. And I write down a, a, maybe a price next to them when I did that, maybe in July. I would know, you know, whether the price went up or down. Maybe I'll look again in August. I don't look every single day. But uh, we have discussions, me and and several of the guys, about different collectibles and wrestling belts and things. Hey, man, they're going to have a big sale. Let me tell you what the lowest price I ever saw was for specific things. Okay? And and I'm going to list it for you, and I'm going to put it in this message. And so if you ever see the price lower than that, you send me a message because I'm going to go over there, and I'm going to buy it right now. You know, this is how I am. But I would urge people not to accumulate some gigantic debt throughout you know, the course of... I to do something special for people because if you will take the time to buy things over the course of like six weeks, number one, it'll spread it across at least two credit card statements. Secondly, uh, if you do that and split the budget up, uh, whether you're doing it across credit cards or otherwise... It will also allow you the discretion to buy it at virtually not whatever price you want, but most definitely the lowest price. I can tell you that many of the deals that happen in Black November are very specific items shipped to stores. If you're getting them from a a box store, and, and I mean a big box, a Walmart, a Depot, Lowe's, Costco, Sam's, whatever, there's certain things that are made and shipped out to those stores throughout the year which are very specific item numbers, and they're going to sell them at that low price to get people in to buy something else. They lose money on that item to get you in to buy something else. The door, the door deals, as we used to call them. Um, years ago, I worked for a big uh, chain, and um, some of the items that they had... Uh, were sold. I, I knew because I could tell you what the cost of them was. You could look and see what the company paid for them wholesale, and went, well, "Oh my God, we're selling them for even less than that." Yes, we are. Why? Well, you you might get a grill for less than it cost the company to buy it, and you you're getting one over on them. Well, number one, you didn't have a grill, and you're paying between two and hundred, and you know two thousand dollars or whatever it's you didn't have a grill so you're out two hundred to two thousand dollars now if you got one over on them it's all a it's all a game in your mind are you going to use the grill or you, you know anyway if you pay less than cost which is the question at hand the margin which is part of the equation is a combination of everything together on your receipt, or what you spend with the company throughout your life, but let's localize it to one transaction. I buy a grill for less than uh, wholesale, but hey, man, I gotta have some spices, some rubs, some gloves, some brushes, and uh, you gotta have propane. Gotta have a propane tank, or buy some charcoal, or you know, so hopefully. If you're a person who you own your own business and you go, you know what? I sell T-shirts. Uh, it costs me like $25 to get the T-shirts printed, and I sell them for 20 Really? Why? You sell less than $5? I'm sorry, you're, you're making you know a, a negative loss of, of $5. Wow, Listen, you lose 5 on every shirt. Huh? You pay 25 you sell them for $20. Uh, what? Why would you do that? You say, well, because people who buy a shirt buy a hat. People who buy a shirt buy something else. And I make, you know, I only pay $6 for the hats and sell them for 20 Oh, you make $14 on the hats. Oh, okay. So you lose five on the shirt, you make $14. You make, oh, so you make that. Yes. And, and as you start to have better relationships with your vendors, your cost goes down. Maybe they buy other things that drive the margin even higher. Maybe they're buying a specific service, some sort of labor-intensive uh, piece of it, whether it's a warranty, whether it's, you know, that's the story behind subscription-based services is that you're going to pay Amazon XYZ a month for Prime. Hmm. Well, they already built shipping into the cost of whatever you've, if you don't know this, they already built shipping into the cost of whatever you bought. So they're not, it doesn't cost them any more money. They just make your Prime money. When people run into a store and they steal things, and you go, "Oh man, I bet they," they don't file it on the insurance. They don't do anything else like that. They just charge more money to the people in the future to recoup the losses. It covers the theft. You've seen this in healthcare. That's why your healthcare bills are higher because many people go to the hospital and don't pay. So the people who are paying pay off the debt of the people who don't pay. Same thing happens across the board, whether it's for Black Friday, whether it's retail, whatever whatever industry. Anyway, that's a a long or different discussion around the subject. But I would highly encourage you to try to find things uh, throughout the holiday season, because I've already started shopping. I've got some of those sitting downstairs. I would also tell you that right now it's the 27th of October. This is the time of year where they bring in new models and things for Black Friday, etc., etc., unless you are keeping up with the Joneses or you just don't understand the concept of what's good versus what's trendy, um, so, so, so many things will go on clearance. A new model will come in. They'll sell the old one. They'll sell displays. They'll sell all sorts of discounted variations as seasons change. You You buy your Halloween decorations after the season for next year. Oh man, you know, buy after Christmas candy and hold on to it for for Valentine's Day, (laughs) whatever you might do. But I'm not telling you these things to be a cheapskate. You know, because there are options. It doesn't make any sense to buy the newest, most expensive thing if it's not going to have. If the risk versus reward is no different than. Taking a very economical approach. Think about those terms: risk versus reward. A lot of people have tried to, you know, you know, engage in in conversations about politics or uh, dating or otherwise. And I see those. And sometimes it's directed at me. Sometimes it is a personal conversation between me and a person. But I see those things going on around me, and I, I think, hmm. Do you engage? Do you not engage? What is the risk versus reward? Are they going to change my mind? Do I need to say things that might change their mind? You know, what what else could I be doing with this time? <laughs> this time, and um, one of the reasons that I enjoy doing the podcast is is it, it genuinely does take these things, and I have a handful of them that I wrote down here, and I, I clear and it clears them right out of my head, and they're gone. So to say that I like to hear myself talking. I sing along with the music that I'm listening to at night. But I have in both sports earbuds and I never hear myself singing. I'm just singing. Does it mean that I like to hear myself talk or my own voice? It's actually the opposite of that. I'm hearing everything but my voice. Those are noise-canceling headphones turned all the way up. Hmm. Hmm. You like for other people to hear your voice. Really? Because I don't promote this podcast anywhere. might be that you just have it wrong feedback is welcome that's the big term that I have not crossed out I've got it circled here so yeah I'm publicly open open publicly open I always like that term the other term I have written down before I I hit uh, stop on this and add the closing music is blame thrower which I thought was my I said that's going to be my word of the week I really like that word I think I saw it in a YouTube video or something. They said, "Here's this you know, whoever it was was venting about something, was trying to <laughs> I suppose the goal was to hold I responsible or to, to lash out at them whatever the, 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 whatever was going on. And he said, so-and-so feels like a victim. They feel like you know the system's out to get them. They feel like, you know this is just not fair." And somebody is gonna be held accountable. And what they do is they I guess he was talking about it in terms of it's a clever term to run alongside of gas lighting, gas and lighting and so he said, here is this person who's gonna just level everybody with their blame thrower. It's their weapon <laughs> their weapon of destruction that they they find Fault in something, and they're gonna, you know, they're gonna burn it down. And I thought, as I heard that, I remember those reed interrogation techniques that I was talking about. And I said, Now, wait a minute, now, doesn't this fall in line with someone who is trying to spread the blame everywhere else? And then step three, handling denials. People speak about their denials, they and try to spread the blame around. It's everything but me. It was this and that and the other and the universe. Responsibility starts with you. Hope you guys have yourself a great weekend. Uh, there'll be some more episodes here shortly. No promises as to when or, or how or why. But I know that I need to get into my files and finish the series on ownership. I know that I need to go look at some wrestling belts because I want to give some nice Christmas gifts this year. I know that there is a hell of a lot of sunshine coming my way this week as the family fishing trip uh, will begin Sunday. Sunday. And I'll have a lot of stories about that after I get back. Well, for those of you who, who listen to the podcast to keep up with me or because you want something funny or you like to hear something that will put you to sleep because of my ASMR voice or otherwise. As always, I appreciate your time. If you don't have my email, I think it's written several of you know different places. It's available in some of the other episodes. It's in some of the descriptions, I believe, but Take my name and reverse it. Craver Michael L. Gmail dot com. You guys have yourself an amazing day in the sunshine. If you're enjoying this nocturnally, as, as I do my podcasts, then I hope you have a safe night. But whatever you do. Be as peaceful as you can. Be as open as you can with others. And I would tell you that my two words to take away are to embrace vulnerability. There is no substitute for it.
0: In the face Be sprayed with some mace then be head over heels I'd rather be hit by a truck Than be totally fucked I know you know how it feels I'd rather be buried alive Than be living a lie With somebody like you Love is hell sleep over something you said i'd rather spend the weekend in jail and be stuck without bail than have you stuck in my head i'd rather just play with myself and deal with somebody else and get Can't you tell I've had enough of